Welcome to the Smarticle Podcast, where we take a good article and make it gooder. It's Faith Fridays, Brandon, and uh, we're not going to use any four-letter words. I feel like that's always a good reminder to put us in a centering space hope. for... Can't use uh, hope? Oh, uh, well, I guess you can. It's the F words, mainly oh, fart. You can't okay. use the word fart on our uh, Faithful okay, Fridays. Okay, we won't do that then. As we typically do, we go to uh, the ringleader of our Fridays, uh, Father Richard Rohr from the Center for Action and Contemplation. You can find our good friends at CAC.org. They're doing a series called An Evolving Faith. Let me just read a quote, Brandon, and then you can get it. It's actually uh, in this daily meditation that Richard Rohr sends me and you read. They're quoting pastor and author Molly Basquet, describing how Jesus lived from a place of growth and inclusion instead of certainty and scapegoating. Quote, Jesus did not preach from a place of rigid binaries and judgments, but from a place of continual becoming. He befriended outcasts and lived on the margins of society while staying in relationship with the wealthy and powerful people, some of whom became patrons and disciples. He lived in a patriarchal society, but let women correct him and expand his understanding of his mission. Goes on to say, the churches I've served strive to follow Jesus in this third way, neither returning evil for evil nor caving into it. Our God does not hate all the same people we do, nor does God particularly want us to be rich or admired. Our faith, frail as it sometimes is, is also flexible. It's self-correcting as we have profound encounters with people who are different from us and are exposed to new experiences and ideas. Man, faith is evolving, big guy. I love this. So Miss Basquette is a pastor at a uber-liberal church over in Berkeley, and I only put that out really? there. Yes. She's a Berkeley. Oh. And I did a little research on her just because I was just kind of curious, and I thought maybe she was uh, married to a woman, but she's uh, married to a man, has a couple of kids. I've read uh, some of the articles she's written now just because I'm always interested in who these authors they choose are. I really like her. I think that she is wow. a powerful thinker. And what I like most about what Miss Basquette and the CAC, the Center for Action and Contemplation, in this series are doing is talking about our faith, that our faith is just way more complicated than we, we think it is, <laughs> and yet it's simpler, no. right? says the evolution of our faith is we go from being sort of everything is black and white to saying, yeah, it's, it's much, much, much more nuanced than that. Right, She says, the church, I've, I've strived to follow Jesus in this third way, neither returning evil for evil nor caving into it, which I think it's like, it's this just, it's this conundrum, right? So you don't return evil for evil, but you don't, you don't give in to evil. So in a sense, you, you might not go out and, and, and try to punch Donald Trump in the face, but you also maybe protest uh, his, his actions or whatever. And so I just thought that this was a, I thought she was a really, she's a really interesting writer, number one. I really like this idea of this third way because I think so oftentimes we talk about Jesus as either he's all action or he's all contemplation. In a sense, he's all of the above. You know, uh, imagine you as a person, Brandon, looked at your life and realized you were the exact same person you were five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. I know those people. I'm not going to name them. They have evolved none. And I think their defense would be like, hey, God doesn't call me to evolve. I got to be the same person standing for the same values that are never changing. But imagine, because for instance, you, you at one point went to the uh, snake handling church <laughs> and were a very hardcore evangelical. 
And now you're such an evolved, you're such a way different person. Imagine being the same person for most of your life. Yes. It's actually, I think, rather tragic and sad because I feel yes. like what, what they will say is that, oh, you and I have become universalists. We've given yes. up on the message of Christ. We've given up on scripture. We've given up on blah, blah, blah. And I think that what maybe you and I came to a little earlier than maybe some and a little later than others, I know a lot of pastors that get to this place. Every pastor I know that I'm friends with, evangelical pastor, when they serve long enough and they are really truly trying Mm -hmm. their best, they always end up in this spot, always, because they're like, all these things I've been teaching, they're just, they don't make any sense. When you actually (laughs) dive, when you're, it talks about, Rohr says that, that it's all based around contemplative thinking, that in a sense, he says, evolutionary thinking is contemplative thinking. It leaves the full field of the future in God's hands and agrees to humbly hold the present with what is only tentatively known for sure. So in a sense, we like we know some things. We know that we're supposed to be kind and loving and we're supposed to pray and we're supposed to seek answers from God, but we need to hold that loosely in our hands. That we don't even know what that really means. And when we try to hold on to something so tightly, what we do is we distort it. We distort what it actually is. We distort the message of Jesus. Think about the Beatitudes and how radical the Beatitudes are. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. I mean, that is, at its very core, it's like saying, look, the losers are going to win. The poor people are going to win. They're going to, God is going to care for them more than he's going to care for the successful, the smart, the achievement oriented. All those people are not, and, and so those people that are achievement oriented are like, but I'm a, but I'm a good Christian and I love God and why can't I win too? I don't think. Well, it's... then how do you rectify that? I was just literally going to say like, well, if you read the Bible and the Beatitudes and Jesus' words, how do you counteract that to people that are achieving? You hold, it, they, like, you it... hold it loosely in your hands. You say that this is a mystery. You don't sit there and say, I've got all the answers, right? These people just need to work harder. The reason I got yeah. these blessings because I worked hard. I'm like, no, dude, the reason you got those blessings is because you won the genetic lottery, because you were born yeah. into the right family in the right country at the right time. Anybody that talks about how, how they've worked so much harder than other people, I look at them and I'm like, you are full of you know what. You were given this stuff by a luck. You were born into the right family, or blessing, if you will. Right? You were born into the right family that gave you the right support, that gave you the right financial whatever support. Or people say, well, I wasn't born into a rich family. I had to work really hard at it. That's true. You probably did. But you had some genetic predisposition to work hard, to have intellect, to have a good memory, whatever it was. Right? If you look at somebody that is truly, truly destitute, I mean somebody that is maybe intellectually challenged, um, comes from a poor family. I mean, just struggle and will never get out of the throes of that struggle. Do you say to them, well, they just suck. They're just bad people. God didn't like them. No, you say they are the blessed because they are the poor in spirit are blessed, right? Those people that are craving God's understanding are blessed. And that's what this evolutionary thinking is about. It is a, it is a, it is a mind twister is what it comes down to. You know, uh, I think one of the reasons me and you get along well is that we kind of like this story about Jesus like we can have friends that are kind of broken and kind of drag us down but also but also have high-end friends who only like the like the rich society I, I don't want to name names I, I know that would give mean. it a bit of but I mean I feel like we kind of can roam in two different types of circles with people which gives me hope because that's actually I really think about it until I read this but that's what Jesus did he went he never like said you're out he was like to all people to all things Yes. 
This is one of the most – I think you're, you're absolutely right. I think you and I share that thing where – and I think me more in a sense, I have this incredible tension around both uh, uh, of the poles, right? So the uber-wealthy and successful, I, I, those people just – they grate against me. I have some great <laughs> friends that are in that category. Yeah. Uh, and that includes, yeah. by the way, successful pastors who yeah. lord their power over and look at me and I'm <laughs> – let me tell you, let me give you a word for your life where I just sit back and I want to throw eggs at them, Right. Then the other side of that is those people that are poor and uneducated and ignorant and maybe closed-minded and, and, you know, if it ain't King James, it ain't Jesus, right? That I struggle <laughs> with those people too. My challenge, true challenge, is can I love both of those poles? Can I, can I say to those people, regardless of what their belief system is, regardless of how powerful or wealthy they are, can I l- say to them, it, it, is not, it is not hard for me to love somebody. That comes up to me and says, "Man, I'm a I'm a hot mess. I don't get it. I'm just doing the best I can." I'm like, "Man, I'm in it with you, brother or sis slash sister. This is a tough life. We're just doing the best we can." I struggle with those people that live in the absolute, saying, "Well, you know what?" And you, we have those friends in our life that's like, "Listen, yeah. man, you got to pull yourself. You got to work hard. You got to do your job." You know, and they and they struggle with the fact that someone says, "Hey, you know what? You should be giving away a lot of your your wealth." They're like, "Why should I give away my wealth? I worked hard for it." I'm like, "Because Jesus calls us to give away our wealth." That is your challenge. When you look at that other person on the other side that's poor and, un- and, un- and uneducated or, you know, or whatever it is, you say to them, they're like, you know, why should I, why should I try to do this? I, look at this bad hand I got. Here's why. Because Jesus calls you to try. That's why. You get up every day and you try to make your life a little bit better than it was yesterday. For your, for your community, for your friends, for your family, you lean into this liminal space of your life and try to do a little bit better. Before we go, the last thing that I love about this passage today, talk about Jesus using a third way. And whenever me and my wife are in a big fight and we come to this stalemate, we're always like, hey, what's the third way? Like, what's something we're just like, you're arguing your point and I'm arguing my point. How do we get to this third way? And I feel like that's kind of the problem with the world right now, right? Conservative, Democrat, black, white. Like, what is the third way? What's the gray area that we're not thinking about? Because God's a creative God and I believe in God. So there's always another way other than the ones we think are the way. Oh, that's a good word there, Lawrence. I like that because I was thinking about like people that are maybe, uh, you know, how I grind against the Wilksters because I feel like they're just as bad as the, the ultra, yeah, the ultra right. Totally. And I'm, and I want to look at, I, I want to say when people have this attitude like that, you know, you need to have a pronoun or you need to do this. And here's why I want to say, is there a, is there a third way? Yeah. Is there a third yes. way to look at this? That's it. Yeah. And I, you know, it's good. That's that's a that's a good word, Larry. Once again, I am always amazed when you two teach me, and today you have absolutely taught me something. Thank you. Yeah.